0: Isaiah 42, beginning in verse 5. This is a prophecy about Jesus Christ. Matthew's Gospel relates it in the 12th chapter, and Jesus actually alludes to this chapter about Himself. But in the prophecy about Jesus, Romans 8 says that you are predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son, right? So the things we see in here about Jesus also applies to us. Mm -hmm. Verse 5, chapter 42, Thus says the Lord God, who created the heavens and stretched them out and spread out the earth and its offspring, who gives breath to the people on it, and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord, I have called you in righteousness, and I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you, and I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations. That covenant was Jesus Christ to the Jewish nation, if you will, that would be reflected to the Gentiles, and that would be us. And to Jesus, he says, To open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeons, and those who dwell in darkness from the the prison. For I am the Lord, and that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing His praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you islands and those who dwell on them. We can continue another couple of verses here. Let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voices. The settlements where Kedar, uh, Kedar, Kedar inhabits let the inhabitants of Selah sing aloud. Let them shout for joy from the tops of her mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastlands. For the Lord will go forth like a warrior. He will rouse like zeal, like a man of war, arouse his zeal like a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry and he will prevail against his enemies. Now, the things that we're going to talk about here relate to Christ, but also will relate to us and who we are and who God uh, has really dressed us up to be, if you will. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your ministry in our midst and your love in our midst and for opening our eyes to your truth that revelation will be ours. Thank you, Father, that you care about every detail in our lives. And Lord, that you go before us in all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen. Those of you who've been walking with God for a while, you ever noticed the Christ life? How do you live any other way? I can't imagine going back 25, even 30 years, and we were walking with God during that time, but I can't even imagine going back to that time when I found myself drinking milk and now eating meat. Nobody wants to go back to those kind of days. And when I think about the Christ life, I don't want to vacillate in and out. I want to stay the course, walk with the Father all the way. You know why? Because I know that the greatest peace I ever have is when I am walking hand in hand with Him. That's the greatest joy, the greatest love, everything when I am walking with God. Thus says the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and its offspring, who gives breath to the people on it. We've talked about this before. I don't know how many times you breathe in and out, but I'm guessing it's 50 or 60 times a minute, just about like your heart's beating or whatever. And if you think about your life and how old you are and how many breaths you've taken over your life, every one of those breaths you took because God allowed you to. Everyone you will take in days to come because God allows you to. Amen. Every day, I don't know why, but every day, except usually on the weekends, I will, the first thing, read the obituaries. And one of the reasons why is because, first of all, I want to know if it's somebody that passed away that I didn't know passed away. But secondly... I kind of enjoy reading about their life in that little bitty block. Now, how do you sum up 30, 40, 50, 70, 80, 100 years in a block? The journey will tell you what they did, who they worked for, who their family was, who died prior to their death, and who survives them. But God cares about every detail in our life. We had four deaths in family members in our church in the last five months. Four. Began in July with Tammy's mother, Elton in August, Miss Fanny's sister the week of Christmas, Becky's father on the day of Christmas. Those are not easy times. He gives breath to the people on it, and spirit to those who walk in it. Breath to those who are on the earth, and spirit to those who walk in it. Do you know the difference in living and existing? Mm -hmm. Prior to Jesus Christ, you exist, but you don't live. You never live until you come to Christ. Because he gives a life that he says that is abundant. And anything less than abundance is incomplete. It is inferior, is it not? So God says, all right, I want you to have the best, so I want you to have spirit. I want you to have my spirit in you, my spirit dwelling within you to quicken you and make you alive. I don't think there's a day goes by that I don't look around me at all the earth and nature and enjoy everything God's created. As I look at it, it don't matter if it's a bird in flight, doesn't matter if it's the sun coming up. Doesn't matter what it is, I look every day for something to enjoy because all the creation to me sings of our Maker, the Lord God Almighty. Amen. So when I get up, the, the nature, the world that He's created is singing to me about my Father and all of His goodness and all that He's created. Why? Because He's given spirit to those who walk in it. Who walk in it. So I'm not walking in the earth. He said, I am the Lord, I have called you in righteousness. Do you realize that that is a higher calling than what is typical in the world? I mean, let's face it, folks. If you look around you, you see a whole lot more unrighteousness than you see righteousness. Don't you? But God's called you to walk righteously in an unrighteous world. That you would identify, and when people see me, they see something about me that is different. I don't glow in the dark, you know, I don't do stupid things, well, sometimes I do, but I, you know, nothing to call attention to yourself that says, hey, I'm holy, mm-hmm. because holy means to be set apart, it doesn't mean to look like something per se, Amen. <clears throat> but he's called us into that higher standard of righteousness, and he says, I will hold you by the hand and watch over you. Do you remember part of that word that was given this morning that he wanted to lead us by the hand? He wants to take us by the hand? When you are young, especially when you're small, it's a comforting thing to know that you have somebody older who will take you by the hand and lead you. There's safety in that. You remember what it was like when you're small to reach up and grab the hand of your daddy or your mother? You remember that? Do you know that no matter how old you get, it still feels good? It feels good. For I will hold you by the hand and watch over you. I knew when I was growing up that my mother and father had my back. They were always watching over me. Well, here's the deal, folks. You've got somebody more powerful than your biological mother or father. You have a spiritual father who is watching over you. Now, if he is watching over you, how do you fail? Why would you even think about walking in fear or anything else when your father is watching over you? Fathom that. You are watching over me. Watching over me. Every time I get into a difficult situation, no matter what the situation may be, I remember whom I belong to. I remember that my Father will take me through the waters and they will not overflow me. He will take me to the fire and it will not burn me and I won't even smell like the smoke. He says that in Isaiah. And he said, I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations. Now, Jesus is the covenant to the people. He is the light to the nations. At the same time, doesn't Jesus say in Matthew that we're not to put our light under a bushel? You don't have a light until you have Christ. There is no light. It is out. Period. But in Jesus Christ... Is he's the light of the world, I become a beacon in that same world just like you are. And everywhere we go, Christ reflects light in us for somebody else to see that they can come out of the same darkness we were in. Because all of us have walked in darkness. And he says concerning Jesus, "...to open blind eyes and bring out prisoners from dungeons." Literally, yes, he opened blind eyes. Literally, yes, he took people out of prisons. But from a spiritual perspective, God wants you and I to learn to open blind eyes. Not just healing the blind, but to open people's eyes to revelation and truth. And it's important that you and I see truth for what it is. To understand what the father wants to reveal in me and to me about him and about his world listen i don't care how old you are i don't care how long you've been walking with god i don't care how spiritual you think you are you've always got more to learn Amen. and god wants to open your eyes to more insight and more re- revelation this year than he did last year Amen. i want to know more this year than i knew last year Amen. i want to be able to progress in the things of the father that as i walk with him and he reveals things to me that I'm able to embrace them. Not just know about them, but absolutely embrace the truth that Father gives me. How many of you believe that God wants you to be more progressive in your worship in 2012 than you were in 2011? Everybody, right? Well, what are you doing different now? Have you stepped out of the boat? Are you going to step out of the boat? Are you going to take the risk? Will you move in a gift? Will you take the risk to move in a gift? Will you take the risk to be vulnerable? Will you take the risk to fail? Because when you first step out of that boat, you don't know if you're going to succeed or not. But what you find out is, even if you think you're failing, he'll take you back to the boat. But the thing is, you ain't going to fail. Now go fail. I don't know how many times we've talked about Peter and Peter stepping out on that water. And how many people in the boat will tell him what he did wrong when they've never been out there. But the cool thing about it is this. Peter can have all the skeptics and all the people telling him what they did wrong, but he's still the one who got out there and he's still the one who got carried back into the boat. Do you know that in spiritual gifts, there are no experts? Only an anointing by the Spirit of God. Listen, when God, when you move in a gift, the Spirit of God, when you move in a gift, you realize that you still come with your same fallacies, your same imperfections, the same worries, the same fears that may have been around you, and you come with all of that and the Spirit of God still chooses to move in you and through you with all of your inconsistencies. You mm-hmm. see, if it wasn't that way, it would be supernatural. You mm-hmm. see, it ain't you, it's Him. Mm-hmm. We've had two tongues this morning, two interpretations this morning. We had an exhortation. We had a prophetic word. All those things come, but they don't come in our own strength. If it comes in your strength, it is no good. No good. It goes right back to that first verse that says, in his spirit, to those who walk in it. So he said, to open the blind eyes and bring out prisoners from the dungeon. Listen, if you can't see, you don't know. Right? God says, all right, I want to open your eyes so you do know. Two weeks from this past Friday, I'll be 58. I don't know what 58 and 59 and 60 is going to bring, even though I've already lived 57 of those years. I doubt very seriously that it's going to be exactly the same as 57 and 56 and 55. I hope not. Yes, ma'am. And that's what I expect. God said, I want to open blind eyes, and I want to bring people out of dungeons. Look. It's always an exciting thing to me to see somebody who's been a believer 30, 40, 50 years, and all of a sudden God brings some kind of revelation that brings them out of captivity, of something that has beat them up for 30, 40, 50 years. God wants every one of us to be absolutely set free. He never lies, folks. Every word he says is true. And God wants to take me out of darkness and place me in the light and surround me with the light. He wants you free. And the Word says, those who the sun sets free are free what? Indeed, nothing should hold me back. Nothing should hold you back. Now, so many things in life are about choices that you make. Many, Too many people make too many excuses because they were raised this way or they were brought up in this and they had this. Listen, there's not one thing in your past that you can't overcome Amen. through the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. You can't do it by yourself. You can't pull up your bootstraps and think you're strong enough to get it done because you ain't. Amen. But the thing is, Whatever's there, God says, I want you to be free. That's where Paul would say, Oh, those things that I do, I wish I didn't do, and those things that I can't do, I want to do. You think he didn't have a battle? Absolutely, he had a battle. And so do we. But praise the Lord, just like. Paul and Silas in the dungeon in the prison God says I want to break those bars down I want to break those walls down I want to set you free so that you don't have that same crap coming after you over and over and over and over and over again Amen. He says you're a covenant You are a covenant You know what a covenant is? A covenant is a binding agreement between parties And God said I've got a covenant with you through the blood of my Son." And the word says that a covenant is never in place unless the one who made it is dead. And there always has to be blood. That's why they had the animal sacrifice over and over and over until Jesus. But then came a more perfect lamb slain from the foundation of the world without spot or blemish to do what? To take away your sin and my sin. God said, that's covenant relationship. And he buys you To redeem you and set you free. Verse 8, he says, I am the Lord, that is is my name, and I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. Mm -hmm. He is God. He is I am. He is I am. When, when, When he told Abraham, I am that I am. How in the world do you describe God with a word? I am that I am. Well, I can name all his names. I can call him Jehovah and Yahweh and Elohim and Adonai. I can call him all the names that I know to call him, but you know that in itself doesn't do justice to who he is. I think in the Old Testament when it talks about the priests, especially in the temple, who were not able to stand. And I think when you really encounter the power and presence of God, there's not a whole lot you can do but sit there and behold him. There ain't got nothing to say and nothing to <clears throat> add and nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. But just wow. 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 When's the last time you were wowed by God rather than overcome with life? You, know, you need to have wow experiences in your life with the Father. There need to be those occasions when he speaks to you and it's just soft awesome, and it's just wow. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you need to make sure in your life, I don't care what stresses you have, what problems you think you have, you need to major on the blessings and let all the other stuff take care of itself. You need to be thankful, you need to praise your God day in, day out, moment by moment for every good thing he has. And I'll tell you something, the more you bless and praise him, the less significant those other problems will be in your life. It's so easy to get up and gripe and complain. But life works better when you praise His name. Doesn't it? Verse 9. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and I declare new things. Now that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the new things that the Father's going to do. All the other stuff is gone. There, it's gone. 2011 is yesteryear and it ain't ever coming back. We've got 50 weeks of 2012 still ahead of us, don't we? Actually, almost 51. We really just completed a full week. We got 51 more weeks to go. Now, those are opportunities. And the opportunities before me are things that I want to take advantage of and watch the Father do in my life things that I didn't allow Him to do last year. It's a progressive walk with God. It's never stagnant. It's never stale. If you're not moving forward in Him, guess what? You aren't growing. You're dying. And God meant you to grow. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and I declare new things. And then he says, before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. Now, he's talking about Jesus here, and Jesus was omniscient. He knew all things, didn't he? But guess what? He likes imparting those things to us. And the word says he never does anything that he doesn't tell his prophets. Ever. That's what it says. And God still has prophets, and apostles, and teachers, and evangelists, and pastors. And he's still speaking. He hasn't stopped. People just don't listen. But he's not quit speaking. And he said, the new things I'm going to do, I'll proclaim them to you even before they happen. Did he not tell us several weeks ago, I don't remember what week it was, but it was before Christmas about some things spiritually happening in worship and things that how we progress to another level, even before we got there, I don't know about you, but today was over the top for me. It was awesome. It was awesome. But I'm learning something about God. I don't know how many kisses Pam and I have shared in 40 years. Actually, about 42 years. (laughs) But you know what? She probably kissed me 10, 15 times yesterday. But how do I describe that to you? How do I describe each and every kiss that we share, every hug that we share? I'm not really capable of figuring that out. And I'll never come and tell her, I said, well, we've got 42 years. You've probably kissed me 10,000 times. That's enough. Don't need any more. <laughs> nope. Well, how do you do it with God? You see, God loves to plant kisses on you. Did you know that? Yes, he, he loves to kiss you. He loves to hug you. He loves to embrace you. How do you describe that to somebody who's never experienced it? I mean, how would you describe a kiss to somebody who's never had a kiss in their life? There probably aren't many people have been there, but nonetheless, there are some. It's like, how do you describe to somebody what a kiss is? Hmm. How do I describe God's embrace to somebody who's never known Him? Can't do it. <coughs> Before they spring forth, I will proclaim them to you. Even things you don't know about, things that may be brand new to you, says, I'll proclaim them to you. Sing to the Lord a new song. What is a new song? A new song is an extemporaneous song, if you will, in your heart that you've never sung before. Mm -hmm. It's brand new. You're just singing to the Father a new song. And it's like experiencing that new kiss that's still brand new today that was not like yesterday or 10 years ago or 40 years ago. I certainly would not want the kisses that I share with her for the rest of my life to be anything like the very first one I gave her. Because she knew I was scared, stiff. And it caught her by surprise. And I don't want that. Because I didn't give her time to kiss me back. was just, whoop, gone. Because you didn't know if she was going to slap your face or what she was going to do. I didn't. And I was just scared. It's like the uh, guy on Jaws that was crawling in the water. He said, I ain't got any spit left. I was so freaking nervous, my mouth was probably dry as cotton. But... No, like I like saying, give her time. But the point I'm making is, the point I'm making is, life, folks, should be progressively better for all of us. You shouldn't want to back up. Having a, I think I may even have shared this last week. I don't remember, but when we were in El Paso, Christy and I were sitting. Uh, at the breakfast bar one morning, she was fixing breakfast, we were talking, and she was talking about how many of her friends talk about the junk in their lives and how someone wished they could just go back. And she said, you know, I don't ever want to go back. I'm 38, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. In in less than two weeks when I hit 58, I do not want to go back and relive 57. I'm thankful for 58 and I'm looking forward to 59 and 60 and 70 and all the way down the line. I'm looking forward to those years. Because nothing is ever guaranteed any of us, right? Right. Looking around at us, you know, we're all scattered here from teenagers and children to senior citizens. Miss Lois is probably the oldest one among us this morning. And she's lived some things that we had not been privileged to live yet. But in all the things that she's lived in the years that she lived prior to us coming on this earth, I doubt very seriously she'd want to go back and repeat those things, would you, Miss Lois? Because it's progressive. Sing to the Lord a new song. Lord, give me fresh breath. Sing his praise from the end of the earth and those who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you islands and those who dwell on them. Let the wilderness and its cities lift up their voices. The settlements where Kidar where inhabitants, let the inhabitants of Salah sing aloud. Let them shout for joy from the tops of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord. Declare his praise among the lands. I don't want rocks crying out for me. I don't want trees crying out for me. I want to bless his name every day that I live. Every day that I live. And I'm totally convinced that the more you do that, the more joy you experience, Mm. the more peace you know, the more exciting life becomes. I want to tell you something. You cannot walk in the presence of God and stay the same. Can't do it. That means I'm going to grow better in my relationship with my family. I hope to grow better as a pastor or grow better as a person that ministers life to you and ministers life to him and that together as we grow together that we increase in our love relationship with him and each other. And I hope you know me better next year than you knew last year. And some of you may be thinking, I don't want to know him any better than I know him now. <clears throat> Forgot to bring my monkey, <laughs> <laughs> <clears> that The lead of that monkey has been quite the center of attention in our house. And uh, Pamela's mother came by and pulled the banana out of his mouth and screamed. When he went to going off, she screamed And then tried to put the banana back in and then told him to shut up. I mean, it scared the daylights out of us. That was so funny. I didn't see it. I wish I'd have been there. Pamela saw it. That'd be interesting. But nonetheless, don't you want to be further along with God than you are now? Don't you want things to continue to increase and bless and grow as you get older? That every day is a new day with new life and new opportunities and new challenges. And that hopefully I'll approach those challenges and handle those challenges better tomorrow than I did yesterday. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And Lord, your goodness is absolutely amazing. Father, it's so good to see everyone here this morning and to enjoy the love, to enjoy your presence, to enjoy, Father, the outpouring of your spirit, to enjoy the revelation, the words that you give, Father, you are absolutely incredible. And Lord, I thank you that you...